tonight. And uh, Lily, okay, I'm glad to see her. I'm feeling not too good because she's going to be leaving us, right? Yes. But she's coming back, right? Or we'll go back to Indonesia and pull her back here. (laughs) And it's good to see your sister here too. Wow, wonderful. Wonderful. Would you stand so we can go straight into the world tonight? Children, if we get to see you back. (laughs) Isaiah 54 and 5. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. <laughs> Please be seated. Uh, tonight, we want to speak on, we talk about the power of the name of Jesus tonight. Yeah, but I want to speak on power over the storms of life. Power over the storms of life. And I want to say this first. Storms speak. Storms speak. If you have a storm in your life, it's speaking to you. A storm has a voice. And it's constantly speaking to you. And sometimes the voice is terrifying frightening if it's a storm waiting for your answer let me read this scripture to you psalm 93 verse 3 it says the flood has lifted up oh lord the floods have lifted up their voice he's talking about a storm they've lifted up their voice the flood lifted up their waves so the trouble's coming. But then it says, the Lord on high is mightier. Can I hear an amen? amen? So there is a voice. A storm has a voice. If it's the storm of want, poverty, it has a voice. It's speaking to you. If it's sickness, it has a voice. If it's employment, it has a job, a voice. No matter what it is, he's speaking to you. So no matter what storm is coming against your life, no matter what the problem is, is speaking to you. But the scripture wants you to know this one thing. God is mightier than that storm. God can drown the voices of the storm. It says the Lord on high is mightier than the noise, again, of many waters. Than the mighty waves of the sea. That to me is comfort. Now, I believe the believer has nothing to fear in this life. Does it mean you are not going to be attacked? You will. But you really have nothing to fear. As long as you are in God's hands, you really have nothing to fear. Now, Psalm uh, 32, don't go there, don't put it up. 
Psalm 32 tells us, I believe verse 7, He is our hiding place. Jesus, the name itself, is our hiding place. There we are protected from every single storm that comes our way, no matter how hard it's been. We have to realize that. Many times when we're going through a storm, especially if the storm has been in our life for some time, in the storm, we tend to find a place of comfort and stay there. We know it shouldn't be there, but now we are tolerant of it. It's part of our lives now. We allow it. We find a place where we are comfortable. And, and God's still doing things in your life. You're still okay. But you know you'll feel better if that thing is completely out of your life. But now you've allowed it and you've tolerated it. But see, it never stays the same. It gets bigger. It gets bigger. And before you know, this storm is taking over your life. The thing is to fight back. It says in scriptures, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, from the days of John the Baptist until when? Until now. Do not tolerate it. You know it's there. You don't want it. But every time it gets your attention, you need to do something about it. And if you don't do anything about it, God is not going to do anything about it. Because you are aware of the problem. And just like the Israelites, you have allowed the Canaanites to live with you in the land. And they will be turned on your side. And they cause you a lot of problems. They become storms in your life. But you have to address them. If they are not going away, still address them. But then, like I said, he is our hiding place. I'm safe. Even though that storm is there, I'm aware of it. Of the fact that he's there. As he says in the scriptures. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm walking through. I'm not camping there. I'm just walking through. I have to go through it. God has allowed me to go through it. But I'm not camping there. Because the scripture doesn't say. That's my place. Instead it says. God will make you to lie down. In green pastures. Well, the, the shadow of death, that's not green pastures. That's not green pastures. It's what we allow. Scripture I heard from John, all things are yours. Scripture says that. All things are yours. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, God was talking to the children of Israel on Mansanites, Horeb. That's where the, God gave them the law. They stayed there. It was comfortable. They built their lives around that mountain. They seen fire, right? The voice of God. Horeb, this is where God is. So they are going to just camp there and, and stay there. Whether they have difficulties or not, they are still going to stay there. But that's not the promised land. That's not your promised land. You got to go away from that mountain. And God told them, he says, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb 
That's my son is saying, you have dwelt long enough at this mountain. For me, I said the mountain, you've dwelt with this pain or whatever it is, the mountain in your life, long enough. You found your place of comfort. God says, get out. It's time for you to move. It's time for you to go to your promised land. If you stay there, you'll never experience more than you've experienced of God. Comfortable. God says to go out. God has given us the power to deal with every storm that comes into our lives. Every, every single one of them. He's given us the power to do that. And we need to acknowledge that. You have storms, I have. I sleep well, amen? It's nothing for me to fear. I don't fear demons. I don't fear nothing. This book is the best. Once you can find the promise in this book, rest. Because his word will not fail. First Kings 8, 56. Please don't go there. I'm talking to Kathy. Don't wonder. She has to do seven things to get to what I'm saying. He says, there has not failed one word. There has not failed one word of all the good promises he gave to us through his servant Moses. And he gave us much more in our Lord Jesus Christ and in the new covenant than he gave to them in the Old Testament. And their testimony, they were testifying. It wasn't like God speaking. They were testifying. There has not failed one word. Not a single word had failed. And that's the testimony we have. His word cannot fail. And God has given us all that we need that pertains to life and to godliness. So if we have everything that we need pertaining to life, that's natural living and godliness, that's worshiping God and staying focused in God, loving God, staying consistent, Passionating God. He's giving us everything. Life and godliness. What do I have to worry about? I get all things. I have all things. I don't have to worry about the storms. The storms are working for me. You know, I shared with those of us, those coming to our prayer meeting in the morning, I told them there is a powerful law, one of the most powerful laws in the universe, is found in Romans chapter 8. Verse 28. I know you know the law. <laughs> the most, one of the most powerful laws. One of the most powerful laws. That law is more powerful than the law of gravity. If you believe it. it always works. Always. That's why we must take our place of rest. And do what we can about the storm that's coming against our life. That's preventing us from getting to our destiny. Because even the storm, if it's there, if it's not bothering you, look over it, walk away from it, because it's working for you. The Bible says, all for we know. That's the way it starts. I wonder if Christians really know. In other words, it's an established truth. For we know. 
that all things, how many things? Good and bad. No matter what's happening. Now we're talking about things. We're not talking about trees. We're talking about things happening to us, right? That's what he's talking about. All things work together for good. So when I'm experiencing difficulty in my life, but I still am focused in God, I still want to serve God, whatever that difficulty is, even if I rebuke it, it doesn't seem to move at that point, it can stay for a while, it's working for me, for my promotion. Maybe God's using it to train my hands for warfare. Amen. That's what God did with David. That's in my mind the difference between David and Saul. Saul never had much problem. David had so many problems. He thought I'd probably die one day. But God trained him through his troubles. Then Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. That's what this is all about. So all things are working for my good. Keep it up, Satan, you just helping me. When it's true, I will be higher up with my God. So got nothing to fear. But I still have to deal with the issues, the problems that come to my life. If they are unpleasant, they are hurting my family, hurting my life, making things too difficult for me, making it hard for me to worship my God. I know it's not from God. I can attack it from the enemy. But I have the power to do it. I really have the power to do it. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He tells us, and you shall receive what? Is it, did he say authority? Yeah, authority, but power. <laughs> That's power. Power means power, okay? I'm looking at people with power right now. You have power. Now, if you look at the lives of the witnesses, that the people that witnessed for Jesus, they were not powerless. Paul, Silas, Barnabas, when they showed up in town, guess what the people are screaming? These men that have told, turned the world upside down, they are here to cause us trouble. <laughs> they have power. They have power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power, this is the Holy Spirit that created all things. I have him inside of me. There's nothing that's impossible with me if I can connect and believe in it. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit, not before the Holy Spirit came to you. After the Holy Spirit came to you, you have power. Whether you feel it or not, you have it. You shall receive. Notice, did you receive? You receive power. You can call it authority, where it means you can get things done that you couldn't before you received it. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Notice, you receive power, but then you, are, you will be, as a result of the power, okay, you will be witnesses. I mean, powerful witnesses. I can transform lives by witnessing to them. I can believe I can be with somebody, they stay around me long enough, their lives will change. Amen. Because I got the power inside of me. 
I have the power inside of me. It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is in us. What storm can challenge the Holy Spirit? You tell me one. What kind of storm and what kind of darkness, darkness or pain can stand the power of the Holy Spirit? Can remain when the Holy Spirit shows up? What darkness can stand in the presence of light? It's just we don't say anything. We've come to a place of comfort and we tolerate it. And we don't believe there could be a change. And as long as your mind stays in that place where you don't think things will change, guess what? Your financial situation will not change. Nothing is going to change. Uh, I remember listening to... What's his name? I can't remember his name now. But he was saying this. If, if uh, His name will come back to me quickly. He's a funny guy. But he says, young man... Huh? No, no, not Jesse. Yeah. I still remember. But he says, young man, if you are being rebellious and you have a grandmother that's praying, let me just give you a good advice. Give up. <laughs> You're not going to get very far. Those grandmas don't quit praying. <laughs> just give up. As long as they keep praying to God in the Holy Spirit, it's better for you to just give up because you're going to find pain. You're going to come back home crying. Yeah. That's the power we have. That's one of them. Prayer changes things. Changes things. Because we have the Holy Spirit. The scripture here, which we all know, but I wanted to remind you here tonight, so you know that you have that. And then challenge you going the other way. Listen to what Jesus says. He who believes and is baptized. That's Mark 16 verse 16. Scripture. I learned to go to these simple scriptures. We know them. But we go through them real fast. Because we know them. And we don't stop to really think. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And then he tells you the signs that followed the one who is saved, the believing one. He tells you those signs. In my name, they will cast out demons. You know, demons are responsible for a lot of havoc, accidents, evil things. In America, we act as if the demons have all moved to, to Asia or Africa. They no longer stay here anymore. Uh, the, 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 the society, we got very civilized. And, and now we have all this technology. And they all can't, they can't handle technology, so they, they went to the dark places. Well, let me give you... <laughs> they're still here. <laughs> okay, They're still here. But we cast them out. Why do we cast them out? Because they are doing evil things. In your life, in your friend's life, your family life, that's why this sign is given to the believer. Don't act as if they are not here. 
Notice the disciples that were sent out in Luke chapter 10, there was one thing that they were more excited about than, than healing the sick. Hello? There was one thing that the disciples in the days of Jesus, I mean in the holy land, where the people were trying to obey God, not in America, where things have been turned upside down and the demons have moved to Africa. In the holy land, they had to confront demons. And there are demons doing havoc in people's lives, in people's marriages, in their finances and all of this. And the believer has no knowledge. It's become a mighty storm in people's lives. And the believer doesn't recognize <laughs> demons are personalities. You got to speak to them. You got to speak to them. We cast out demons. They were more excited when they came back. They said, the demons were subject to us in your name. They never said anything about healing. Yet they healed people. This is one thing that I think the church is missing in America. Everything can be explained from medical viewpoint. No. Some sickness demonic. Some cancers are demons. After I discovered that it's just a demon, I've cast out demons before. It's easy to heal this person. Just cast out the demons and they'll be well. Hello. And if it baffles you, think about it. The pharaohs, uh, pharaohs uh, magicians, guess what? Uh, they produce snakes. I mean, real snakes. And if you say you don't believe it's real snakes, then go to that page in your Bible and tear it out. Because the Bible said they produce snakes from their rods, right? It's real snakes. And my mind says, if they can produce snakes, what can stop the devil from producing a demonic cell in your body? They had snakes that had eyes and can walk, right? And moved. Think about it. That's scripture. God's trying to open our eyes to see that there are forces in this, uh, on this earth, but we have a greater force in us than what they have outside. And we can speak to those things and they'll change if we believe. That's why Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. We can change things. We can declare things. I make up my mind and I said, no more. You're not happening to me anymore. Or in my house, this is the end of it. I'm not taking it anymore. Guess what? God says, decree a thing and it will be established. We're not decreeing enough. We have found a place of comfort in our storm and we're just staying there for survival. The Christian is not supposed to just be surviving, we should be going out. That's how the disciples lived their lives. They came into town and the, everybody was frightened. Here, these guys are here again. They are turning the world upside down. I like to hear that said of us. Amen? They cast out devils. They speak with new tongues. Um, um, currently, uh, you, if you were here on Sunday, there was a powerful... Uh, prophecy about the youth 
yeah, we need somebody that I believe can guide them to the place for, for that to, to work. I hear prophecies. Sometimes we think we hear prophecy and God's just going to make the prophecy come to pass. And he said, well, they, they brought, the guy prophesied to us, and, but it's not coming to pass. So we think it's not God, God that spoke through them. Well, you're mistaken. The prophecy, prophecies are for warfare. Hello. Prophecies are for warfare. Not all this crazy stuff you hear about prophecy. When I receive a prophecy, <laughs> I take it uh, as a tool for my fight against the enemy. It's my fight. I remember the, I think it was uh, Andrew Womack, when his son died. Yes, he used it. He says, listen, God, this cannot happen. That person gave a prophecy about my son being this person when he grows up. Another person who didn't know the other guy, they gave the same prophecy. And so many people from big men of God, they gave. He can't die. There's no way this can happen. God, your word must come to pass. You spoke through these guys. And guess what? The guy got up. Oh, yes. They're for warfare. And today it's like mm, people use it like uh, a tool to manipulate people in church. But that's not the purpose. It's for warfare. So I heard a prophecy on Sunday about their youth group. So I know I got a war in my, I have warfare in my hand. <laughs> he said, I'm going to pray a lot about it and begin to look for, and he said, God give me wisdom to find that. One individual, you know, you must have a leader for these youth people. So we're praying. If you were here this morning, we were praying about that. We need somebody. Amen. And guess what? He's going to give it to us. Hey, you know why? I got the prophecy. <laughs> I got the prophecy. But this is a, a, a prophecy that is even stronger. In my name, they cast out devils. If they drink any deadly thing, please don't go do that on your own. <laughs> gravity work. Gravity is still there, okay? <laughs> don't jump from an uh, eight-story building thinking the angels are going to carry you. God gave you brain not to do that. But if you have to do that or something happened, you can still live. Amen? Because the promise is there. They speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Now, this is you. You now, this is what God said. If drinking poison, just because you are a believer, cannot hurt you, why will anything else be able to hurt you? Why? This is drinking poison. Poison. Anything. Listen, he said, deadly. Anything deadly. Meaning, it'll kill you. But Jesus gave us, he gave us the word, it shall not hurt you. So if poison that I mistakenly took, I mean real poison, cannot kill me, why would cancer be able to? Question. Why? Why? I mean, after by his stripes I was healed. Why? That's what the scripture means by meditating. 
You pull from one scripture and you come with up with a conclusion. That's meditation. If God said this and God said that, why should this happen against God's word? Well, it will happen if you allow it. If you allow it. You know, I read in Kenneth Hagin's book, one of his books, the Lord was speaking to him. And uh, he said a, a tiny demon came in and was making so much noise. The Lord was on the other side. Some of you have read that story. And, and, and he was on the other side. And God was speaking. And God didn't stop talking. He kept talking. But this demon kept screaming and yelling. And he was straining to hear what God was saying. And God kept talking. How many of us know that God's been speaking to us and the demon is yelling and we can't hear him and we do nothing about it? He says, let God's will be done. He's talking. That's his will. He wants you to hear it. We're so quick to, to settle and just stay there, leaving everything to his hand. But then he said, after, after a while, he felt, very, he felt very frustrated by this and yelled at the demon and the demon got off and, and God was still speaking and said, Sir, uh, why come you didn't talk to the demon to stop? And he, God said, if you didn't do something about it, I couldn't have. And he says, you have to help my theology. Did you say you couldn't? Is that possible you, God Almighty, couldn't do that? See, I gave you the authority to do it. That's the issue here. It's what we allow. What we allow. Will you feel the pain? Yes. I'll tolerate the pain, but I'll speak to the pain. You are not going to be able to cause me problems. If the financial situation, yes, I see what he's doing, but I'm not going to allow it and accept that this is my new, this is my new reality. This is the way I'm going to live my life from now, surviving on that day. No. If I can do something about it, I will. Whatever I can do, I will do to get well. I got to get well. And God will help us. Amen? I, I, this is scripture that many of us don't even, uh, we don't, we, we read it, but we're so fast about it. And uh, but there are people that are stopping to think about it. And may God make this happen at the Ark Fellowship. Amen? When they trust us enough, they'll bring somebody like that here. Amen? But we have to be talking about it. Hello? We have to be talking about it. Let me read this scripture to you. Storms, he come against them. Don't just allow them. Listen. He says, And as you go preach, preach, as you go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then he says, Heal the sick. Who is to heal the sick? Who? Us. Cleanse the lepers. Who is to do that? Then the next one, raise the dead. Pastor Goodluck, don't you think you are taking this too far? I mean, we don't have to be fanatical about this. Did you read what he said? You know, if we start talking about raising the dead, at the Ark Fellowship, oh, we raise the dead in our church. Guess what's going to happen one Sunday morning? 
<laughs> you see why we don't see it? Nobody talks about that. We stay around that one mountain where we're familiar. We're not going to go from there. But if you keep talking about it, guess what? Before long, one family is going to try this church. (laughs) And when they are willing, the dead person in, the ushers are in. What are you doing? We brought our dead to you. Sir, this is a service. Well, we raise our hands to God and we sing. He can't do that. He shouldn't be in church. Yes, we heard that. But we heard that uh, we bring dead people to you and you help us. Really? But that's what's going to happen. And after they bring the first dead person and all the elders screamed and prayed and yelled and nothing happened, half of the church won't come back the next Sunday. (laughs) But as soon as one, after a few Sundays, when one is raised, they all come back. It's their church now. They love it. We raised the dead in our church, they said. We don't talk about it. I'm kind of making a joke out of it. But I want to get I want to get to a place where that's not an issue for me. And for you. That we take this that's a mighty storm if it comes into your family. For me it's easy, just give it up, you know. Uh when the person is old because they've lived their lives. But for young person, that's silly. Think about the man that fell when Paul was speaking that long in the night. They don't tell us whether he, the the Bible doesn't say if he was dead or not, but it says as dead, right? Was Paul disturbed? No. Went back, brought the guy up. Son, don't sleep again when the preacher is preaching. (laughs) And they continue their service. I seem like I'm kidding, but this is, this thing is real. But my point is, if God is saying you can raise the dead, why are you so scared about financial difficulties? Is it not the same God? He will provide. Why are you worried about these things? That's why the Bible says, take no thought. You address the matter. If you have to pray about it, pray. Cry out to God. He will answer. He will hear. You have a safe place to go. He's our hiding place. While the storm is there, I can still hide in him. Till the storm is over. But I'm not just sitting there. I'm active. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffered violence. We've dealt with storms. But I've learned not to worry about them. And don't concern yourself about what people think. Because sometimes that's half of our problem. And for that, we try to whatever. Don't concern about what they think. Today they love you. Tomorrow you are the craziest person they've ever met. So forget about them. 
Focus on your relationship with God and your God, your God alone and what he's showing you. That's what is important. God has promised nothing is going to hurt us. Have faith in those words. You know the scripture, Mark 11, verse 22 and 23. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. No matter what you're going through, don't give up your faith in God. Many problems you got nothing to do with it. It just appeared in your life. Don't let go of your faith in God. That's the key. Continue to trust God. Even in the presence of the situation, continue to trust God. That's what it says. Have faith in God. But having faith in God means you're doing something about the problem. Have the kind of faith God has. Do something about the problem. You can't move any mountain, but God's asking you to speak to a mountain. That's what it says. It says, for, have faith in God, because, I'm telling you this, because, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says, those things he says. So it's very clear, it's what you are saying that's important. It's what you are saying about the problem or the mountain, the storm, that's the problem. Sometimes we want to talk about the problem. When I'm praying with the sick, I notice they always want to tell me how bad the situation is. Always. They want to tell me how long he's been there and how many places they've been and, and who has prayed for them sometimes. I had this man of God pray for me. He was a healing minister. Most of the time, I don't even hear what they're saying. And if I reply, I tell them, that's easy for God. God's going to do it now. And, and that's what it, but that we want to focus on the negative part, but we need to believe what God says. If you say to this mountain, be removed, and you don't doubt in your heart, he says, it will, be, it will be done for you. There is a tranquility that comes into your heart when there is faith in your heart. Once you let go of faith and hope, generally hope first. Faith is the substance of what? So faith gives substance to hope. If you have no hope, ever is over. Faith is what gives substance to hope. So, no matter what's going on, God is already giving you his word. All things work together for good. I'm not going to try to figure out how God's going to do it. I know God's going to do it. And once you have that, the first place for the believer against a storm is your place of rest. Even in the presence of the storm. That means you've turned it over to God. It's your place of rest. And you know the story. Jesus said to his disciples, get in the boat, let's cross to the other side, right? 
Well, if God told you we are crossing to the other side, who's going to stop it? Who's going to prevent you from going to the other side? Nobody's going to do that. Well, we know that, but we forget what he said when the storms show up. But your faith is your place of tranquility where you can rest even though the storm is around. And what we can do is to speak to the storm according to the word of God. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 4 verse 8. I will both lie down in peace and what? And sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. What that is, is when you are, when the storm is still in your life, and you are not able to go to sleep, you are not dwelling in safety. Hello? He is our place of safety. I will both lie down in peace. So, peace and sleep. Peace and sleep. When you're still worried to the point where you can't sleep, God's out of the picture. You're on your own. You remember the scripture? Be anxious for nothing. But with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let God know about the problem. After you've let God know, you've let God know about your problem, you should have peace. And the peace guards both your mind and your heart. Your mind because that's where the enemy wants the storm to keep going on in your mind. And so let your mind be calm because now he's your place of sleep and rest according to the word. I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone. You can't depend on anybody. They want to help you but they don't have the ability to. Many of our friends will do something to help your situation, but they don't have the resources to do it. They cannot help you. There is only one person that can help you, and that's God. And so there is no need to worry because worry takes God out of the picture. You speak to the storm. You let God know what you want. Go to sleep. Sick or not. Not able to pay your bills or not. Sometimes you've been threatened that we're coming to get your car tomorrow. Repossess your car. You can go to sleep. (laughs) It's not going to sleep going to stop them from coming to take the car. What if you give it over to God? And before they come the next day, God has sent something in the mail. Hello, uh, that's laughter time, right? And when they show up, he says, you can't take that car. He says, why? Watch us. He says, I got the money for the whole thing. There you go. But God can do that. God can do that. I, I was reading a story of a Bible college 
I think in the uh, early 1900s, uh, and the president of the university, in those days, they take care of the students. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They pay for everything and feed them free. It's faith, faith feeding. But this day, they had nothing. And the professor or the... uh, the president of the university, he, he had this gift of faith came to him. And he says, let's all go to the dining hall. And they had their spoons and their plates uh, with their forks and knife. They were beating the empty plate with no food, nothing to eat. And the truck pulled in. Amazing things that God will do. He did it then. He can still do it today. We can have our rest. We can have our peace. Stand up with me tonight. Don't want to go further. Have faith in God. I don't know what you're going through in your own situation. Every one of us is going through something. Right? Every one of us is dealing with something. But don't allow it to overwhelm you no matter what it is. It can't get worse. Uh, worse than dying but I'm not dying because I have God he'll take care of me I want you to, to tonight let God know that you absolutely trust him with your life you have to do that I know we do that and our minds play games with us and we we'll really wonder if we really do trust God but say it with your mouth amen say it with your mouth and believe it in your heart let God know Especially if there's an issue that you're dealing with. Let God know tonight. I absolutely trust you with this issue in my life. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Now I'm going to tell you this. There's going to be the beginning of a miracle tonight. Not because I said so. But because he said so. If you will do it from your heart today. I really believe God tonight. When you leave this place. I want you to leave having peace in your heart concerning that situation. Because he is here tonight with us. He is here with us tonight. You talked about his name. His name, he's here with us tonight. God loves to do miracles. He said, ask that you might receive that your joy may be full. That's his desire for every one of us. And if something is taking away your joy tonight, get your place of peace tonight. And decide, I'm going to trust you, God, with everything tonight. Would you do that tonight? Between you and your God. Tell him, God, I'm trusting you with this issue in my life. He's bothered me. Every time I think about it, I get worried. I get concerned. But tonight, I'm turning it over to you. Lord, God, help me. Help me. I'm never, I don't ever want to be concerned or worried about this situation anymore. I'm turning it over to your hand and I'm going to trust you God. I'm going to trust you God. If you will do that tonight and don't go back to the altar to get to get your, the problem back you can't. You've been with it. You haven't been able to solve it. Leave it in God's hand. Cast your cares upon him tonight and God will take care of it. Turn that concern over to him. Father we thank you that you are God. And you've chosen to be with us and to live among us and to live in us. You are God Almighty. That is why we gather tonight to be in your presence.
according to your word. In your presence is fullness of joy. God, we thank you that our joy is full tonight. Because we have you in our lives and we commit totally to you. We trust in you with all of our heart. We are afraid of nothing. God is on our side. And your word says if God be for us, who can be against us? What can be against us? God, we have nothing to fear. But we both lie down in peace and sleep because you are with us. We have found our place of safety tonight. And we're grateful to you, God. We thank you. Thank you, O God. We give you praise, O Lord, tonight. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.